Hi, and welcome to History Makers. I'm Matt Prater. Today, I'm joined with co-host Wes Leek from Business Blessings, and we're talking to pastor, author, and speaker, Brian Cluth, author of the book, The Generous Life. Uh, Brian joins us via phone, all the way from Colorado Springs in the United States. Welcome to History Makers, Brian. Well, it is great to be with you and your listeners. Trust we'll have a great time together. Fantastic. Now, Brian, um, your book is called A 40-Day Spiritual Journey to a More Generous Life. So my first question is, have you always been generous? I have not. Uh, you know, I grew up, I was a churchgoer, but I didn't know who Christ was and the difference that he could make in my life. And so I uh, didn't discover the truth of who he was until I was 21 and I was at university. And uh, But growing up, I was somebody who always was very materialistic. I wasn't a giver, I was a taker. And I would take from anybody I could get it from. And uh, then when I came to know Christ, my life was really changed from the inside out. And uh, in, the, in the next couple of years, God began to transform me from a being a taker to being a giver, and, uh, and I've just had great joy in learning to become more and more generous uh, in my own life, and, uh, but it was, the, it was the Lord's doing, because I certainly wasn't always that way. And tell me, um, uh, one of your principles you like to teach is the importance of uh, giving away a percentage of your income to Christian or charitable causes. Uh, what percentage yeah. do you like to promote? Well, I encourage people to consider uh, going to the 10% mark. Uh, I've met with a lot of people in debt and in financial trouble, and, uh, and I, my first question I ask them is I say, you know, you're really in a big mess here financially, and the best thing I know to do is to start to honor the Lord with whatever He's given you. And so, uh, and so they say, well, that seems like an impossible request. And I say, well, you know what, it's going to take all the help of heaven to begin to get you out of this mess that you're in, and so uh, I encourage them to do that. And uh, I call it the training wheels of giving uh, to start there, and to, but not to stop there. Uh, you know, kind of giving 10% is the starting blocks. It's not the finish line. And so uh, I tell people to start there, but I believe that many people can go well beyond that amount uh, as they begin to learn to be more and more generous to God's work. Brian, you, you raised an interesting point there, that, that even when you're in debt, uh, you still need to be giving uh, so uh -huh. how do people respond to that when you tell them that? Uh, I would say half of them uh, are surprised, I mean, I'd say 100% are surprised, and my experience is uh, maybe a third or a half of the people say, well, no, they're not going to do that. They're going to get themselves uh, their financial house in order, and, and then they're going to give someday. And then I've had to tell them, well, I'm sorry, I can't help you. Uh, because I can't spreadsheet a solution to your problems. And so they leave my office, and sometimes I don't see them for a year or two or three or four years later. And usually when I have seen them, nothing's changed. Or things are just worse than they were when I met them. But I've had many people over the years that have said, okay, uh, this seems crazy to us, but uh, we're going to go ahead and start. Uh, I think of one young lady and... Uh, said, well, I want to give to God, and, uh, but I don't have enough money to eat and to pay for my apartment and, and to give to God. And I said, well, what do you want to do? And she says, I want to give to God, and I better eat. <laughs> and then I said, she said, but that means I would have to trust God to give me a free place to live. And she said, can I do that? And I said, well, if you honor God, 
uh, I believe you could begin to pray for a free place to live. And uh, we began to pray with her, and uh, a few weeks later, uh, she moved into my home uh, for free uh, for a number of months as we helped her work through her debt problems. And uh, as she honored God and uh, began to get out of her financial troubles, uh, and so I've seen the Lord do some wonderful things in people's lives as they learn to first give to God. And it is a journey. I, I, I like the title of your book when it says a spiritual journey because it is a journey when people are on, uh, when they start to give. But it is amazing yeah. what happens as they, they begin down that track. Yeah, you're absolutely correct. I know my own life, uh, you know, the Bible says we're to excel in the grace of giving. Uh, it's not the guilt of giving. It's not about greed. You know, It's not about give to get. Uh, I'm not a prosperity gospel type person. Uh, I, I don't believe uh, God wants everybody rich, but I do believe God wants everyone to learn to become generous. And that is something we learn. We're not born with that ability. It's a supernatural grace on our life, and it's all about God's generosity to us and His greatness in our life and our trusting Him to meet our needs. And, uh, and so it just becomes part of the spiritual experience and the spiritual journey. And, uh, and we grow into it. Uh, and I've seen many people that, you know, just thought it'd be impossible to give. And they saw God do so many amazing things to encourage them in that journey. So, Brian, where do we give to? That's a great question. Uh, I think there's a number of things to keep in mind. Uh, if, you're, if a person's a Christian believer, I always encourage them, number one, to be very faithful in supporting their local church congregation. Uh, that's kind of your main ministry in your life, uh, and, uh, and make that a priority. Uh, what I do in my own life is I take, uh, in my case, it's 20%, but I take 20% of my income, and I give that to my, to my main income. I give that to my local church. But then sometimes we've had second incomes or other sources of income, and then we've used that money, we've set it aside, and we've supported missionaries, uh, we've uh, supported people in need. Uh, we've actively been involved with a single mother and her six children, uh, helping them out. Uh, we've been, we really believe in the value of some media ministries and some camp and conference centers. Uh, so I believe the Lord will, as you begin to lay aside under the Lord, He'll give you a burden for certain kinds of ministries. And so, you know, give to your local church and then give as the Lord leads to other ministries that he begins to uh, bring into your life and make you aware of. And uh, so those are things that I encourage people to think about doing is, is give to the local church and then, and then let the Lord lead you uh, as you set the money aside. If you set it aside to the, unto the Lord, he'll show you places where you're to release that money. You know, Brian, um, I've been involved in uh, you know a bit of marriage counselling, and I'm surprised with a number of couples that revert to the way their parents taught them about how to handle their money. Uh, oh, tell exactly. <laughs> tell us about how you've taught your children to be generous givers, and and how you're passing on those principles to the next generation. Well, let me let me just touch on the marriage perspective because you're really right. A lot of the financial problems in a marriage come because people had two very different experiences growing up. So what I encourage people to do is don't look at, you know, the man's ways or the woman's ways. Look at God's ways and get yourself involved in a Bible study like Crown Financial Ministries that's available in Australia and other places uh, and look at the Word of God and begin to bring your, yourselves, both of you, 
into a path where what does God say about how to govern our finances? And, and that's really what becomes important, is that you understand biblical truth and you begin to apply it together. And Wesley knows this very well. He's seen the life transformation in many people's lives uh, that have done that. Uh, as far as children, uh, there's a number of things in our own family that we do. Uh, when our children are very small, we had them uh, make three envelopes. And we gave them three envelopes, and we had them draw pictures on there. The first envelope was pictures of Jesus and, and the cross and the church. And the second envelope, they drew pictures of a bank. And the third envelope was uh, they drew pictures of the candy store and the toy store. And, uh, and it was the idea of give to God, save, and then have spending money. And so whenever our children got any money, uh, birthday money, Christmas money, uh, if they got an allowance, if they did a work project, uh, we would take them to those, take them to our bedroom where the envelopes were kept, and we always would divide that money three ways. And so my children are now 16, uh, 14, and 12, and we're still doing that, uh, still doing that with our, with our children, that they would honor the Lord and then save and then have money for spending. That's one thing we've done. Uh, second thing we've done is uh, we did it this last year, uh, it was at Christmas time, and with our children, uh, we said, well, it's, it's Jesus' birthday we're celebrating, but nobody ever gives him presents. And so we had our children, before they opened up their presents, we had them, uh, we read the scriptures that when you give to the least of the brethren, you give, you give to the Lord, and we gave each of our children a certain amount of money, and then we gave them a list of projects and people, and we say, you know what, we're going to have you give gifts to Jesus tonight before you open your presents and uh, and then you're going to tell each you're going to tell the family who you're giving money to and why and this is going to be our present to Jesus for his birthday and that was a little thing that we've done and then the uh, last thing is uh, I have the privilege of traveling and so uh, when my children are turning 13 I've committed to take each one of them somewhere in the world so they can see God's working around the world so my one son, we went to Eastern Europe. Uh, my daughter was scheduled to go to India in March, and my youngest son was scheduled to go to Africa in two years. But trying to give them a vision for what God's doing in the world and the needs in the world. And so those are just a few of the things we've done in the Cluth family to try to help our children understand how to be more generous. Brian, that's fantastic. I know with our three children we found doing something similar how how it grows them and develops them and really sets the thing in place for for lifelong. But, uh, Brian, I'm conscious that we have a lot of adults that are listening to us too, and uh, I know when I've spoken in churches or even in my own church about people uh, giving and they have issues in relation to that, I've found your devotional a great tool now to give to them. Tell us a bit about your book and how that came about. Well, it was uh, actually came about a number of years ago. I received a phone call from a very wealthy individual. I mean, this this person actually gives away millions of dollars a year. And uh, he called me, and he said that he travels the world, and he would encourage uh, wealthy people and business owners to be generous. And they would say, why? why? Why should I be generous? And he would say, well, the Bible says you should be. And they would say, well, where in the Bible does it say that? And he didn't have any answers. He'd say, well, I know, I, know, I know it's in there somewhere, I just don't know where the verses are. And so he called me one day and said, Brian, could you look up all the verses that should help govern 
someone's generosity and their and the management of their finances. And so I did that, and it, and I it turned out that there were 40, 40 biblical principles that would govern our our finances and our generosity, and there were about four hundred scriptures associated with those biblical principles. And so uh, so I gave that to him. He was very excited, uh, but nothing ever came of it. And so eventually, I took it to seven publishers and and uh, said, hey, I think I've got something here that could bless a lot of people. And they all looked at it and they said, well, nobody would ever want a book on generosity. Nobody would ever want a devotional and Bible verses on that subject. So n- nobody wanted it. So my mother had passed away and we had a little family inheritance. So my wife and I prayed, prayed and we took the money and we printed 15,000 copies of this devotional booklet. And uh, then uh, we were told we were very foolish because people said, well, you know, nobody will ever, they'll never be able to get rid of that many booklets. I mean, most people that are writers, if they can get rid of 500 books, they're they're fortunate. But we printed 15,000, and now in the last two years, we've had to print 320,000 to keep up with the demand, and and this little devotional booklet is going into 46 languages around the world in, into the languages that 80% of the population speaks, 4 billion people, uh, these scriptures and these biblical truths are going into these languages for distribution all over the world. And around the world, it's going to be a free resource that people can just go online and they can download it in a Microsoft Word version and they can print it out and they can give it away. There's no cost for it. They can just have it uh, electronically. And I'm just very excited that you know, the Lord would take that little booklet that I wrote and, and now he's using it around the world. It's very, very thrilling to be part of what God's doing in our generation. It's very encouraging to see. Brian, do you have any uh, stories about God, how God has used the devotional to dramatically help churches in particular? Well, we've, we've got a number of reports of just very exciting things that have happened. I, uh, uh, one, well, just one little story uh, that was very encouraging was there was a pastor that I was about ready to close his doors, and uh, and he and he got hold of me because he said we just can't keep the doors open. I'm going to have to just go get a full time job, and uh, so I actually gave him the copies of my devotional booklet, and uh, and he began to use it with his little congregation, and it totally turned things around in that congregation. And not only did they keep their doors open, but they started thriving and not just surviving, but he told me the story of his mother, his 88-year-old mother, uh, when she heard about this booklet uh, and became aware of it, she talked to him and said, you know what, I stopped tithing a number of years ago when, uh, when I got a fixed income and I didn't think I could afford it. But she said, this little booklet and your use of it has is, is made me think that maybe I need to honor the Lord with what he gave me. And so he wrote me and he told me the story of his mother and uh, and she began to give to the Lord, took, took her a little bit of her fixed income, began to give to the Lord off of that. A couple days later, the church called, the pastor called from a church, and he invited her on a prayer retreat, all expenses paid, and invited her to go on this prayer retreat with some other people. And she was so encouraged by this provision of God because she could have never have afforded to go on that retreat. Uh, she then went over to the bank to get some money, and when she was at the bank, she was going to draw out some money, and the, uh, the girl behind the counter at the bank said, hey, you know, I think her name was Mabel, uh, Mabel, don't draw out any money, 
we just had a staff meeting at our bank. We know your birthday is coming up, and we decided we wanted to give you $100 for your birthday. Now, I've never in my entire life heard of a bank giving anybody money for their birthday. But uh, that woman got that $100. She then went home, and she had a letter from a foundation in her community and it, it said, Dear Mabel, uh, we've decided that in the coming year, uh, our foundation wants to help you pay your utility bills, and they gave her a gift for that. And she was blown away with God's incredible grace to her. And she would attribute it to, I started honoring the Lord again, and this was a way that the Lord showed me that I was doing the right thing. And that's just an amazing story of God's grace for one elderly woman and for that church. But I've known, even in my own church, uh, we used the booklet, the devotional last year, and our giving went up 44% uh, in the months following the use of the booklet. Uh, this year... Uh, our giving is we're, we're surpassing our budget this year in our church. Uh, we are giving away more benevolence money this year than we've ever given away in the history of our church. We've received more money for, for some renovation projects than we've ever received. So those are just a few samplings of, of what God's been doing as, as the Word of God through this devotional booklet has been getting in the hearts of people and in churches around the country and around the world. Now, Brian, um, you, you're clearly passionate about teaching about how to handle your finances well, uh, but the uh, the focus of your life is the gospel of Jesus Christ, the, the good news that yes. Jesus came to save us. You know, there might be yes. people listening now, Brian, that are thinking, you know, I want what this guy's got. I need that good news. Do you just want to share that with our listeners right now? Yes, I'd love to do that. You see, my friends, whoever you are and whatever's happened in your life, uh, the reality is, is you've been created by God, and you've been created with a purpose, and God has designed you. But the problem is with all of us, sin has gotten in the way. It's broken our relationship with God. And, and we feel that emptiness. We feel that void inside our lives and inside our hearts. And I had that void when I was 21 years of age. I've tried to fill that void with, with alcohol, uh, with immorality, with thieving, with lying, with doing so many things, but I couldn't fill that emptiness. Then I discovered that Christ had died for my sins, and that if I received him, I could have a relationship with God, and that he could make me a brand new person. He could forgive my sins. He could cleanse me. He could, he could give me the power to live right. And so at the age of 21, I turned my life over to Christ and invited Him into my heart and into my life. And He made me a brand new person. And He gave me new desires and the ability to do right. He gave me a home in heaven that I know when I leave this earth, that I know where I'm going and where I'll be for eternity. And the good news is any person can know that. The Bible says there's too many as who received Him. He gives them the power to become the children of God. And the Bible says Jesus stands at the door and knocks the door of your heart, the door of your life. And if you open the door to Him, uh, you can have fellowship with Him and you can experience Him. And that's happened in my life. It's happened in the lives of millions of others around the world. And so it's my prayer that you would have that joy of coming to know the Lord yourself personally. Well, Brian, I reckon that is the best news I've ever heard. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. Hey, God bless you. Thank you so much for having me on. Okay, now if anyone would like any more information, the website to go to is generouslife.info. Is that the best one? Uh, generouslife.info uh, will work. Also, they can go to maximumgenerosity.org. 
Either one of those will get them uh, further information and a lot of free resources. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Brian. I reckon you're a history maker, mate. Hey, thanks. God bless you. You too, Brian. Talk to you again soon. Thanks, bye. That brings us to the end of this week's show. You can listen to this interview again or any of our other interviews.